Welcome to Zellhands Podcast, where we believe in the power of using the internet, software, and technology to achieve online business success. Go to zellhand.com and set up a consultation with our team. Tell us the problems holding your business back from increasing revenues, getting more clients, and being successful. Tell us your problems, and we'll take care of everything else for you. Go to zellhand.com to get your consultation with our team. Today, you are listening to episode 23 of Online Business Systems, where we will be looking at the topic, Is Your Business Idea Any Good? 24 Easy Ways to Decide. We have been learning a lot about business, marketing, and how to be successful with our business, whether it is online or offline. It goes without saying that we have been having a good time with all the knowledge we've acquired because it is helping us put more money into our pockets, grow our business, and live more fulfilling, comfortable lives. So what are we going to do today that will aid us on our journey to business success? Today, we're going to learn a few things. Specifically, we're going to learn four ways to test a business idea. This is where we will learn how to test if our business idea is worth pursuing. We're also going to learn six ways to quickly test if our business idea is viable. This is where we will learn another six ways to decide if our business idea is financially feasible, needed by the market, and worth investing in with our life savings. Lastly, we're going to learn 14 ways to tell if we have a great business idea. All 24 of these points in total will teach us all that we need to learn to be able to tell if our business is just a fanciful idea based on dreams of success we are pursuing with no future success in mind, or if it's a solid idea built on research-driven business plans, ready to be backed by investors and primed for success. Business success can sometimes seem like it's hit or miss. That is why it is important that we optimize all the factors under our influence and sphere of control to increase our odds of success. Let us dive right in and start by looking at an article by Forbes that quickly teaches us four ways to test a business idea. As we've always stated, all the links to these articles will be posted in the show notes or episode description. If you're not seeing them where you are listening to this podcast, whether it's on the podcasting platform or on YouTube, go to podcast.zelhan.com and all the links will be posted at the start of the description of the episode. Well, not at the exact start, but before you get to the transcript. So you go to podcast.zellhand.com, select this episode or any other episode that you're listening to, and you want the links to the articles and the statistics and the research that we mentioned. And when you click on that episode, all the links that we use in the episode will be posted there. I'm not certain I will post them on YouTube and and on the podcasting platforms, but definitely on podcast.zellhand.com. So let us get started with Forbes. How to test a business idea. It says that this article is was posted on September 20, 2017, but it's not like there have been any radical changes in how to test if a business is worth pursuing or not in the past five, six years. So we're going to still go with it. Some things uh, stand the test of time, if you might. So let's get started. It says here that you have a great idea. Matter of fact, it was written by Mike Capel, and he's the founder and CEO of Patriot Software LLC. You have a great idea, and you're ready to dive into entrepreneurship. But are you sure your idea is viable? Before investing in a new business, you need to test your idea's true potential. Testing your small business idea. Do you know your business idea's chance of success? Well, <laughs> do you know your business idea's chances of success? 
use these four strategies to test it. And this is why we're here. We're just going right in. So we're reading from Forbes. The person who wrote this article is the CEO and founder of Patriot Software LLC. And it's funny because at Zellhan, we're also going to be doing, well, we're also doing software. So this is right up our alley, not only at Zellhan, but with you as well. Experienced, knowledgeable leaders in the industry telling us how to get it done. So we don't need to reinvent the wheel ourselves and we don't need to learn from our mistakes. Let's learn from other people's mistakes. That's what the wise person does. So the first way to test your small business idea is to ask the right questions. Vague ideas and partial plans will likely cause a rocky start for your business venture. To get the answers you need, you must ask yourself the right questions. And I like what he says. You have to ask yourself because it starts with you, really. It's your commitment and your vision, your idea, your planning, your strategy that you will sell to a co-founder, a business partner, an investor, and ultimately, well, employees and ultimately the customer. You see how far, it, how long it takes to get to the actual customer? First, consider each aspect of your startup. The questions you ask should help you dig deeper into your thought process and develop a plan. Resolving issues in the beginning will help you be successful. These questions are examples of what you should think about before you start a business. Why do I want to start a business? What problem do I solve? Who is my target customer? What resources do I have? What are my goals? You can write down your answers in a journal to solidify your thoughts. Once you answer general questions, you can begin the next steps in testing your business idea. You see, the thing about this step, though, I think it's the hardest step for me personally. It depends on the approach. Though. Let me explain what I mean. Sometimes I sit and I think that I want to start a business. I want to start a business. I want to do something in the field of software or finance or real estate. I want to do some business in that sector. But then I have to wonder, what can I do? And I'm stumped there. You see, when you're thinking about starting because you want to have a business, at times it's a little bit more difficult to figure out what to do. But we're going to address that in the future, in the future of this episode. Not another episode, but in this episode. If you have the idea, though, so let's say that you decide that we are going to make back scratches that are powered by your smartphone. I, I can't see that being a good idea, but it's just an example. Well, you can go through this. Uh, why do I want to start a business? And the question, the answer to this question, I think is best, has to be twofold. The first is that you have to be in the business of making money. So you want to make money. That's the first one. And the reason why I say that is if you don't want to make money, you can start a nonprofit, which brings us to the second point. You have to want to solve a problem or meet a need because that's what's really going to sell. So you want to make money, you want to solve a problem and meet a need. There's, there we go. And the question of what problem do you solve is what determines who your target customer is and helps you decide if you have the right resources. And then from there, you can set your goal. So everything is closely knit. Point two, know your competitors. You don't want to get too caught up in what your competitors are doing, but it is a good idea to understand their strategies. Before launching your startup, do an analysis of companies similar to yours. By looking at other businesses, you can see what has worked in the past. A smart business owner learns from those who have already attempted similar ideas. You gain valuable insights without suffering any losses because of a failed plan. Reviewing the competition will also help you define what makes your idea stand out. To get a solid customer base, you need to show consumers how your business is unique. This could be anything from disrupting the market with a new product to offering a one-of-a-kind experience. And the thing that I like about this point is that you're learning, like we said, from other people's mistakes and you're learning what they've done to win, you might put it, at their business. So, for example, one of the things that I've noticed a lot of successful entrepreneurs do, which it can't be coincidence, they tend to read the autobiographies of 
successful people. And not only successful entrepreneurs, but successful people in whatever field tend to read uh, autobiographies or the biographies of people within their industry or niche or market or they're competing with that have done well. And from there, they get ideas of the traits and characteristics and strategies and approach to problem solving or man management or leadership or negotiation, whatever the case may be, that might give them a competitive advantage over their competitors, who at that time might not be the person. So you might be reading the autobiography of Steve Jobs because you're in the field of tech. And you want to understand how he got to where he was in terms of software and um, the revolution that he caused with, uh, so on. In that sense, in that sphere, you might also want to look at the leaders in your industry. The third point is evaluate your capital. We've all heard the saying, it takes money to make money. <laughs> this is true. The phrase has become a cliche for a reason. In most cases, it's true. You will need business capital to get your startup off the ground. Startup capital can come from a number of sources. Many entrepreneurs cover the cost to start a small business with personal funds, such as a savings account or credit card. Others rely on the help of friends and family. Banks and private lenders also offer loan programs for small businesses. Chances are you will use a combination of capital solutions to fund your business. That means you're going to use a lot of different sources. So family and friends, a bit from the bank, you're going to crush the piggy bank to probably sell your car. The road to securing startup funds could be difficult because you have not yet established yourself as a profitable business. To convince others that your idea is valuable, create a small business plan that maps out how you will spend the money and how much you expect to earn. And we've looked at reasons why businesses fail. We had like three episodes and it's actually four. And the first point was the business plan. <laughs> the business plan it was the first reason why businesses fail. And we looked at the lean startup business plan and we looked at the traditional business plan. So go back to episode 14, I believe. Episode 14 to 17 or 18 since it was like four episodes. And just listen to episodes or watch them, depending on what you're experiencing this podcast, the episodes on why businesses fail. Also, the thing about capital which is worth mentioning. Sometimes it doesn't require a lot of money. It takes some money because you have to give up something, right? Unless you're going to be doing it from your own expertise. So you've been an accountant, you're going to start your own accounting firm. Even then, you probably need some money to register and uh, perhaps get a website and run some ads to get in your first few clients or whatever the case may be. Or maybe you can just start up, start in the evening, you go to businesses advertise your services and grow from there. There are ways to go around not having a lot of capital is the point I'm making. Uh, assess the market. One of the best sources to test your business idea is your target market. Those are the people you want to sell, sell to. Define your ideal customer to own in on who will be interested in your offerings. Then do a market analysis on a small group. Here are some ways you can test your business idea with target customers. The first is that you have a focus group. A focus group involves a small number of consumers who use your offerings and provide feedback. Focus groups, surveys, and interviews show what consumers think before you go all in. Point two, ask groups on social media. The internet puts your target market at your fingertips. Find online groups that might be interested in your business. Find out their general impressions and if they think you should do anything differently. And point three is set up a crowdfunding page. Crowdfunding websites offer more than just investors. You can also gain valuable reactions, observations, and advice from like-minded individuals. The bonus here is that you might find someone who wants to invest in your idea. So we're really trying to just gauge the market, the people we're going to sell to. How do they feel about this? You get a focus group. And the focus group are really just a small number of your ideal consumer that you keep in touch with. I see software firms do this a lot. Like you're creating a software, you get a list of 10 to 25 users. You put them together in an email list or a social media group or something. 
whenever you're going to do a new feature or well, let's say it's a new feature since it's software, you contact them and you find out how do you feel about this? You do this and you send it out. And I think it's very similar to the lean startup method, method where you just get a small number of people. You give them your UVP. No, your MVP, which is your minimum viable product. Your UVP is, <laughs> is something else. And from there, they're going to tell you what they like, what they don't like. You're going to do research. You're going to collect the statistics. And you're just going to keep on iterating with your focus group in mind or your current customer if it's a lean startup until you get another customer, until you find the correct fit for their um fit or solution for your problem. And then from there, what you're going to learn happen is that you're going to get to a place where you have product market fit. That means that what you're offering is exactly what the market wants and you're willing to buy for it. They're willing to pay for it and they're willing to recommend it to friends and family. We're also paying for it. And we've done um, episodes on this. So we're not going to um, discuss this phenomenon again. It says testing your idea on a small group shows whether consumers care about your off your offerings. If the small market tests are successful, there's a good possibility your idea will be a hit with a larger audience. And how do you really know if your business idea is viable? Unfortunately, there is no definitive way to tell if a company will be successful because there have been good products that have failed. While it takes careful planning, the right marketing strategy, and enough capital to get an idea off the ground, Every startup story is different. When it comes down to it, remember this. If you put out a quality offering that solves a problem and reflects your passions, you can create a profitable business. Let's say that again. If you put out a quality offering that solves a problem and reflects your passions, you can create a profitable business. And that's a takeaway, I'd say, from this post by Forbes. It's very good, by the way, because the thing about this article is just four points we're going to go into some more but i like how to the point it is and how practical it is but we have a lot of content to cover so let's keep the ball going the next article we're going to look at is business gateway quick ways to test your business idea is viable and for this one we're going to go a little bit more quickly because it's not a repeat of what we just did but it does add a bit more context and more flesh. And finally, we're going to look at the final article, which gives us 14 signs that prove you have a great business idea. So not only do you have a business idea, but it's a great one. And 14 of them, you can do the, you can put those as 14 tests. And those 14 tests will be the end all be all. Those will decide whether you go forward or you hang it up and say, this isn't gonna work. So we're reading from Business Gateway, quick ways to test your business idea is valuable. Here, we look at some of the quickest and lowest cost ways to establish whether your business idea could work. It's a wonderful feeling to finally have a solid business idea in mind. And now you'll want to turn it into a startup success story. Remember, it's possible to spend so much time and money on planning and analysis to the point you may never get around to launching. <laughs> Very few startups get everything right about their product or service from day one, and it's normal to make mistakes and learn from them. This is why we have this aim, fire, um, ready, fire, aim approach with Zelan's podcast. Like a lot of times you hear the noise in the background. We're getting the studio together, guys. It's going to take a while because it's construction. But we know that it's best to get started and improve. So that by the time we get the studio, it's gonna cost a it's gonna cost a good amount of money. We're actually putting out good quality content. We're getting better at what we're doing. We're not gonna be stuck in the planning phase for a year and never launch a podcast and everything. We've started and we're getting better. It also says here that, however, as most startups have limited resources, it's best to avoid any obvious errors. Let's look at some of the quickest and lowest cost ways to establish whether your idea could work. Three important checks are the feasibility check. Is there a market? The sense check. Do people want or need your product or service? And then this test. Will customers actually buy your product or service? A lot of people will say, oh, yes, I like the idea. I would pay for this. And over some money. And they say no. <laughs> All right. So number one is the feasibility check. Is there a market? It's always worth checking that there are enough potential customers out there for your business to survive and grow. To do this, you will need to work out some rough numbers on your market size. Guys, trust me. You go to Facebook, 
business.facebook.com, set up a Facebook ads account, and you just type in the Facebook or even Google ads. The, for example, let's say you're offering a new skin cream to remove pimples. You just look up the top pimple removal pages on Facebook or top 25 pimple removal pages on Facebook or top 25 pimple removal companies in the world. And you look at their ideal market. So let's say they're looking for women 18 to 34, I don't know, make certain amount of money. And you put that into Facebook and you're going to see how many people are there. It's no longer a guesswork, guys. It's so easy to do. Just use Facebook or Google Ads. Set up an account. You might need to add your credit card. It's fine. If you don't create an ad, you're not going to be billed. And if you create an ad, you can stop it before you're billed. It's fine. You get to use the software. And it'll tell you how many people are looking for the solution you have to offer. That literally is a feasibility check to see if people want the product. But we're going to, we're going to read what uh, Business Gateway has to say. So it says, how many customers do you need to be profitable? For your product or service, you first need to work out roughly how many transactions you will need to make a profit and how many customers you will need to generate those transactions. For example, for a cleaning business, you may need 100 cleaning jobs a month to be profitable. But if customers will be weekly, then you need a minimum of 25 and then a few more to allow for churn. So you have to know your numbers is what it's saying, what it's going to cost you to produce. And if you know what it's going to cost you, then you know how much you need to make to be profitable. Break even is where your cost equal your income. So it costs you $25 to produce the product or service. You're making $25 your break even. If you're making less than $25, you're at a loss. And if you're making more than $25, it's a profit. Also keep in mind that the cost of the product is not just the cost of production. It's the cost of hiring employees, cost of marketing, cost of rent, cost of your salary, all of those put into it. We're not going to start that conversation too much, but just some things to note. We'll learn a little bit more about that in the future. Are there enough potential customers? So we just described how to do this. Do a rough pen portrait of the type of customers who is likely to be interested in your offering, including elements like their location, age, gender, and income bracket. This is a lot of um, demographic stock. Then look at population stats online to get a feel for some numbers. For the cleaning business, you'd check if it's realistic to find more than 25 customers in a small local area who need and can afford a cleaner or if you're creating a product or service for newborn babies in Scotland and you know you need to sell thousands before you're profitable, it is handy to know that there are less than 60,000 births in Scotland each year. Realistically, you would only convert a small percentage of these, which may lead you to decide you then need to widen your market through digital channels across the UK or internationally to be able to sell the volume you need. So there's also that. That's a good suggestion right there. Does this market exist just now? So a lot of times businesses make the market. So Apple made the market with the iPod for digital, digital music streaming. Um, Facebook made the market for social media. And I know there was um, MySpace and Tagged and other social media before, but they weren't as popular as Facebook and they weren't as revolutionary. Does the market exist just now? If you can easily identify direct competitors, then it will be obvious there is an existing market and you can undertake a competitor analysis to identify how to stand out. Remember, if there are many competitors, then the market could be saturated and you will need to stand out enough to encourage customers to switch to you instead. If you have come up with something really innovative, then there may not be an established market just now. On one hand, this is good news, although you will inevitably have indirect competitors direct competitors will not be an issue. However, for an innovative offering, it can be hard for potential customers to see the same potential you do and for you to convince them to buy. In this instance, doing some form of audience research, which is point two, will be particularly useful for how you position your offering. This is true, but marketing solves a lot. The next one is data sources. To help you with the above research, there are free online data sources for market insights. It says uh, business gateway market reports. So we believe in the power of software 
in the internet and technology to help you achieve online business success. So this is something right up our alley here. So this might sound like a promotion. It's a part of the article. It's a good article. They might be offering a very good report here. So let's see. It says to help gather market information, Business Gateway, that's the website we're reading this article from, has an excellent section of over 100 free to download market reports covering a wealth of industries such as alternative and complementary therapy, therapy, ancestral tourism. What on earth is ancestral tourism? Ancestral tourism is ancestral tourism. How does that even make sense? Ancestral tourism. I'm stunned. I'll look at it after the episode, guys. I can't believe that's actually a thing. It doesn't sound intuitive what it is. I hope not. Wow, ancestral tourism. I'm genuinely stunned. <laughs> I, I can't believe this. Anyway, let's continue. Child care, civil engineering, craft beer, craft beer, hairdressing, and music tuition. I, I, I this, <laughs> yeah, guys, this is this is beyond me. I never imagined these things were a thing. Music tuition, craft beer, and ancestral tourism. Wow. Many of these have been updated to take into account COVID impacts. For example, in the report on maternity and baby products, it highlights a long-term overall decline in the baby wipes market due to environmental concerns. But how COVID stockpiling will have reversed that in the short term? Very good. In spite of the short-term shift, it could be still good news here if you're looking to launch an environmentally friendly baby product or service. The reports, the reports also include links to professional and industry bodies which may have additional useful statistics and insights. If you need further information, Business Gateway can access more detailed research for you and send you extracts from them. So you can get your statistics and your research from Business Gateway. Good for us. Number two, sense check. Do people want your product or service? If you're confident you could have a market, it's sensible to speak to potential customers to see if your offering could be a good fit and to get other ideas about how to sell it. It's almost guaranteed that a few well-planned conversations or surveys will give you fresh insights. You should cover the following areas. What do your customers actually want or need? Does your proposed product or service meet the need, meet that need for them? If so, what are the features and benefits of your offering that they like the most and why? And how do you want or do they want to buy? online or in person, on certain days or times. Before you start, make sure you can communicate your proposed offering in a concise way people can instantly understand. In other words, an an elevator pitch. This is never easy, but always worth the effort. So you have to figure out if your customers actually want it, does it meet the need for them, if they're willing to pay with features and benefits, from your offering intrigue them the most we discussed features and benefits in episode 21 how do they want to buy and so on so who to ask this is another hard step for many businesses but push on if you can't find people to ask about your business then you won't be able to find people to buy from you during covid so here's the thing if you're solving a problem that you currently have it's very easy for you to figure out how to find the people as well so you wanted to have a, a back scratcher that you could use with your smartphone, sticking that example, you've had the problem, you know how to find or have an idea of how to find similar people. For example, people who love to watch sports for long hours sitting on the couch, stuff like that. During COVID, it's possible that restrictions will impact any opportunity to run face-to-face focus groups or interviews. It's time to leverage your network. Ask friends and family and ask them to put you in touch with anyone they know who fits their target audience personas. Post on all of your personal social media accounts asking for feedback. Ask the admins of any social media forums or group you are part of if you could post the group for post to the group for feedback. I remember this suits if the members fit your audience profile. I've heard you can do like a $20 reach ad on Facebook to just get an ad to other people to do a survey of some sort. I don't know if that's legal with Facebook. We can't figure that out, but it's something I've heard floated around before. If you ask in the right way, most people are flattered to be asked for their opinion, so they will often happily participate with no other incentive. 
you'll often find that after 10 to 20 conversations with your target audience, you will have flushed out as much as 75% of the insights you need. <laughs> flushed out as much as 75% of the insights you need to help you get to launch. And now here's how to ask direct. If you have permission, then phone, private message, or email contacts to send to get their opinion. So you go direct. You can also use surveys like SurveyMonkey or Google Forms, which can be linked to your social platform or in an email. Include some open-ended questions with room for comments. And these could help you gather insights and ideas you may not have thought to ask about. So you ask the question not, not in yes-no format, but in how do you feel, what do you think, why, where, when, how. Open-ended, allow them to comment and give more information than yes, no, and probably maybe so. <laughs> the likes of SurveySpar offers free trial and paid, paid options. So these are software that you can use to get your survey out there. Social media polls. Facebook or Twitter polls work well if you're testing preferences for a couple of options. Example, would customers prefer to collect their order or have it delivered? Or would more people prefer the t-shirt design in blue or red? And you can do split tests with this as well. And it says Business Insights has that. And here are the limitations of your surveys. Remember to take survey responses with a pinch of salt. Speaking to people and carrying out surveys adds real value. However, it can't be completely relied on when making business decisions. That is because when people need to spend, they are very different from when they need to talk, right? The main issue is that people sometimes don't actually do what they say they will do. This isn't because they're deliberately lying. It's just that psychology is complex. And if people don't actually know what they want and people's situations change. This is why many businesses use insights gained from research to run small, low-risk tests of their ideas rather than heading straight to a glossy, expensive launch. And here's the third part. Test. Will customers actually buy your product or service? The good news is that to test your business idea, you don't need a stunning online shop listing hundreds of products or to go to market with a whole suite of services. And in fact, that could be a waste of money. <laughs> <laughs> if your test uncovers an insight that customers don't want to buy your product online, simplify and prioritize. Hopefully, your research will have narrowed down a few things to test first to help you focus. For example, Online shop. Start with a handful of the top products you think people will be most likely to buy. This gives you the opportunity to test some basic advertising, web design, fulfillment, and delivery, and see if there are any issues before increasing your product range or switching to something else. And something I've also, I think I read this in the four-hour work week by Timothy Ferris. I think I did. You don't quote me on that. I'm not certain. I'm not at all certain. But I think what you could do is you could set up a landing page with your product offering and you make it clear that the product is in development and you're just collecting emails to send to the customer, the lead, the, the, the prospect, the subscriber, whenever the when the product is ready. And depending on how, and you run an ad to that page, and depending on how well the ad performs in terms of getting leads and everything, then you can go from there in, uh, in basically getting more. It's like solid information on who is truly ready because they would have opted in, they would have given you their name, their phone number, their email, or any other information you might have requested, depending on what you're selling. And that's like solid information. Don't quote me on the book, though, but I'm pretty sure I've read that somewhere. I've read so many books, and I'm not remembering everything from each book. It's fine. New product. Try a limited number of designs, sizes, or versions initially, informed by your research. That makes sense. Don't try to start the whole thing. Just get started with the small and popular. Then you go to what could be unique and different. Online classes. So basically, don't start with some exotic flavor of your new juice. Go with, go with vanilla or they've tried and true orange or whatever the case may be, then you can go with the exotic ones. Unless your brand, like I was saying, is focused on exotic flavors and everything, then there's that. But go with what's, what has the highest chance of selling, which is what could be more pop, most popular. 
online classes. There are so many different platforms, so shortlist them and test some pilot classes on these. Before creating a whole end-to-end -end series or selling tickets for a huge one-off event like a cookery masterclass, wow, you can test the format with a short session for a small group. It's fine to offer this for free, but even better if you can charge at least something so you get honest feedback. Sometimes when people receive something for free, they don't value it enough to turn up or they feel guilty criticizing it. That is why we don't offer free consultations anymore. I don't, it, we're gonna stop offering free consultations, guys. So no free consultations. If you want to get a consultation with Zelhan, it's $1,000 for a 45 minute session. If you work with us, the $1,000 will be removed from your project fee. And if not, you'll get all the information and, and um, information and value from the consultation that we had. And what this is doing for us and for you is that we're going to be allowed to work with the people who are serious about doing business with us. And we get to put in our quality work and time and research into people who actually want to do business. And this is also giving you the opportunity to say to us that we're not just looking for the cheap price. We're looking for a good opportunity to work with an agency or company that we know can deliver success. So it works out for both people. With the online classes situation, I also think that you can just create a free course and have like, not really a free course, but create a small course, like a preview to the actual course. So let's say it's gonna have six modules. You create the first module, release the first module, charge for the first module. And depending on how sales go, you can do the whole thing. And if not, it didn't work. And you wouldn't charge a full price. Obviously you charge a fraction of the price because it's only one module. And you could also make it such that the people who buy the first module get the entire module when they're released, the, the other five modules of the six, when they're released without paying anything else. So incentivize there as well. And there are training courses and service. So training courses, create one course to start with and test the market. How do people respond to the subject matter, the depth, the visuals? Once you have feedback on the first one, you can develop more courses to be in line with your findings and service. If you're launching a new service, consider focusing on a small number of key services to start and even consider taking on a small number of clients initially to test your pricing against how long the job actually takes. So this is what we did with Zelhan before we launched the online business system and the startup kit and the marketing system. Online business suite, the marketing system and the startup kit we did smaller versions of it in Jamaica. And then from there, we know, all right, this works. Pricing is good. The value is good. Our clients love it. Let's push it to the world now. So this is something that I recommend as well. You should also keep costs low. Many online tools such as e-commerce, Many online tools, sorry, such as e-commerce functionality, online booking systems, or video conferences offer free trials or low subscriptions by the month. Use these for low-cost tests that your business can work before committing to one approach and annual contracts. You may even be able to test two or more platforms to work out the best for you. Keep gathering insights and adapt. Take the opportunity to survey your first customers where possible. The data from this will be more reliable as you will be asking people about an actual experience they've had with you rather than an experience they might have. And remember, it's not a failure if you have to adopt, adapt your offering and approach. It shows your test has been successful and you've saved valuable time and money. And that's true. The pivot is important in business, guys. Always learn to pivot. Businesses reinvent themselves every, themselves every two years. Keep on reinventing, strategizing, and growing your business. So this has been a very good article from Business Gateway. How would you like to increase your revenues by 10% to 30% over the next 12 months? While we increase your revenues, wouldn't it be awesome if we could increase your profits by 10% to 30% as well? Then, while we increase your revenues and profits, how about we take away all the stress, anxiety, and frustration of setting up and running a successful online version of your business? We'll keep it open 24-7. Manage and market your amazing new online business so that you never have to worry about getting your next lead, 
sale or client again. Introducing the Zelhan Online Business Suite, where we take your business online with a website that churns out more leads, more clients, and more sales for your business 24-7. Added to your conversion-optimized online business is a 12-month online marketing strategy to help your business reach its goals, whether it's more leads, more profits, or even to expand in the next 12 months. Managing, marketing, and helping to scale your online business is your team of website development experts, experienced online marketing professionals, and accomplished online business development strategists working for you 24-7 so you have more time to do the things you love and spend with the people you care about. The Zelan Online Business Suite works for every business of every size and a niche and was designed and engineered to help you and your business succeed. Visit onlinebusiness.zelhan.com to learn more or go to zelhan.com to set up your consultation with our team to get the process started. No obligation to buy. Just tell us where you're struggling and our team will show you what you need to change to be successful. To learn more or go to zelhan.com with the link in the episode description or show notes to get started. Set up your consultation with our team and we'll take care of the rest for you. Conditions apply. So this is the most important part. And I'm not going to spend too much time just, you know, making out of commentary because we've settled on the core concepts that we need to understand at the start of the episode. This is just the 14 questions that you need to have answered to decide if you have or to prove that you have a great business idea. So this article is from Neo, Neo Ito. It is a Japanese company. I don't know. So this article is from Neo Ito. It's titled 14 Signs That Prove You Have a Great Business Idea. It was written by Alicia. It says here, do you have a good business idea? Well, here are 14 signs of a great business idea. Check whether yours is good or not. And what makes a great idea? This is a question you have no doubt, you have no doubt asked yourself multiple times. You may have unique business ideas that seem great on paper, but do you have an idea if they'll hold up well in practice? We figured you'd like to know some foolproof ways to identify great business ideas and keep going till you find the perfect business idea for your tech startup. In this blog, we walk you through pointers on how to know if your business idea will work. And it says tech startup, but it pretty much works for everything else because What's more volatile than a tech startup? Anyway, we have this company, WeWork, $7 billion valuation, Enron. Um, what's that company with the um, Nikola? There are so many companies, tech companies that have just gone up in flames with their billion dollar valuations. They don't have a product sold to their name, burning through millions of dollars every month. <laughs> so if you, if you can pass a tech startup quiz, you're probably good. All right, your business ideas are practical. Your invention idea may have many of the qualities of a good business idea, but there's still a catch. Is your idea practical? To know if your business idea is good, you also need to consider this very important question. Do you think you have a realistic and viable idea? Business ideas or any idea for that matter will remain ideas unless they are technologically and practically possible. Is it possible? So with Enron, I believe, that's the one where they were trying to make this machine to test different blood, test blood for different um, infections and qualities. I'm not certain. I watched the video. Basically, it wasn't possible just because of how the blood works and heat affecting it and all. It just was not possible at all. But they wanted to do it. That doesn't mean that you can't have a novel idea. It just means that you have to be real. You have to be realistic. So have the solution, then you can come back. You're excited about your business ideas. Does your business idea excite you? First, check yourself for passion. Does your business idea excite you? I'm so excited about Zelhan, guys. It's, it's crazy. I can't sleep at night sometimes, but I digress. Do you feel like you change the world with your idea? Do you think you'll be able to help your end users with your final product? And do you feel passionate about your business idea? So remember, this was written for tech businesses, but like we said, <laughs> Can't think of any business more volatile than tech. Yeah. So you have to answer these questions. And then you're going to find out if it's bravado, 
fake enthusiasm or is there genuinely something here, the passion to do what you're doing? The test that I like to use is, would you do this for free? And I asked myself the question, would I do Zelhan for free? And I remembered, oh, yes, I did Zelhan for free. For like three years, I didn't make any money from my business, guys. Like, no, like zero, trust me. And I still did it because I loved it. And eventually, things are starting to come around. Passion is everything when it comes to successfully launching a business. And if your business idea makes you feel passionate about executing it, step one of your checklist is complete. Well, check two. Step three, your business ideas solve an existing problem. Very critical. Business ideas should try to solve a problem that hasn't been solved yet. While it is relatively harder to come with innovative ideas for unique problems, we can tell you that it is definitely worth the effort because you have a market that no one else does. If you think your business idea solves, a, solves an existing problem in the marketplace of your choice, you should definitely consider that idea further. If your products or services can address a niche problem, then that's even better. If you're catering to a niche audience, you won't have much competition and you get to set the benchmarks easily. However, you must, you must ensure that your audience is big enough to help you keep up with your financial projections. At the end of the day, your business should be all about trying to help the end users with technology. And like we said, it doesn't have to be tech depth. Post is just about tech companies, but it applies to everything. Even if you're creating a, um, if you, even if you're making a pimple removal cream or a back, well, the back scratch idea was with software. So give and take. If you think you can simplify or enhance the daily lives of your users, then go for it. Number four, they're easy to explain and understand. Good ideas are easy to communicate with others. Of course, this is not to say that complex ideas are bad. However, if your business idea is easy to explain and can be quick to, and can be picked up quickly, even by laymen, then you probably have something good in hand. I learned this from Shark Tank. They say that if you can't explain the business idea in 15 seconds and have everyone understand it, then you probably don't understand it well enough and you probably don't have something worth investing in. That's just the facts, guys. So 15 seconds or more, what does Zelhan do? Well, we help businesses make money. We help businesses make money. And I like to say make money online because I don't like the traditional form of marketing and we are software based, but that is what we do. And you want more, we can say we help businesses make money online by rebuilding their physical business into an online business that works 24 seven to attract the right clients and customers and increase revenues and profits. Literally what I call customers, potential customers that say on um, cold calls. We're going to look at cold calls in the future. So don't forget to make sure that those who understand your ideas also like them and think they'll turn into a great product. More on that later. Number five, you don't see anyone else doing it. Finding the perfect business idea is not an easy task. It's not an impossible one either. If you come up with a business idea that no one else seems to be doing, then you might have a million, well, a million dollar idea. As a novel concept, your idea the key is to own your idea till it reaches its full potential. As a novel concept, your idea will run into a few bumps and unforeseen hurdles. But at the end of the day, your aim should be to make people ask the following question. How come no one else is doing this? It's brilliant. So people need to ask that question. Number six, you see that someone else is doing it wrong, which is what I did with Zelhan. A lot of companies were doing it in a way that was like, why aren't they doing this? There are many businesses that have great business ideas, but are poor in the execution department. Maybe they do not have the resources to improve their product. Maybe they don't realize that they can innovate and improve their product. Or maybe a lack of competition made them complacent with subpar, subpar products and services. True, whatever, the, whatever be the case, you can take measures to rectify the weakness of your competition through your own products. So if your product can improve an existing product in the marketplace considerably, then your business ideas we're looking into. Don't need to say much on that. Number seven, your business ideas are scalable. Scalability is an important factor you need to consider when coming up with the perfect business idea. You want to grow your business, don't you? Scalability is the ability to increase the extent of your products and services without affecting your team's performance and your product's quality. So that's for tech. 
not with everything, but scalability is basically bringing your business to a certain threshold. I'll explain a bit more. So if you can't scale your company, your growth will hit a peak and likely become stagnant. So here's what I normally do. Whenever someone gives me a business idea, oh, you should do this or you should do that. I tend to say to them, this is not a Jabez business. All that means is that most times than not, it's not something that I see you can make a billion dollars from. So if it's not a billion dollar idea, most likely I'm not interested in it. That's just the, the ballpark I'm playing in. Not bragging, but I have high expectations and high goals. I can't hit that by selling 100 grand here and 250K there. It has to be a billion dollar idea. It doesn't have to be in your situation that you have to know where you want to be, where you're comfortable, where you want to compete, and that's that. Eight, your business ideas get others excited too. We've already established that you're excited by your business idea. Now it's time for the taste test with a small number of people and then a larger audience. Do others also find your business idea exciting? Come on, be realistic. Share it with someone, your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your cousin, your friends, your ex. <laughs> and see who feels good about it. And don't be overly enthusiastic. Oh, they're just haters. They don't know. Sometimes you have to take a hint and say, all right, maybe this isn't something. Let's do some more research. Do your peers think you can turn your business idea into a profitable product? Are you able to explain your ideas to others in a convincing way? Remember, we looked at the elevator pitch just now. You need to run your business idea by two sets of people, people you already know and people you're not familiar with. This will help you get objective and unbiased opinions about your idea's merit. It's a great idea to get a focus group together, and we looked at this at the start of the episode as well, get a focus group together to discuss the possible advantages and disadvantages of your business idea after all, they're your prospective customers. And we also spoke about the user list or the customer list and all that good stuff. Nine, they're interesting to potential investors. Now let's move to the monetary aspects of your business ideas. Starting your own business requires money and lots of it. You will have plenty of bills to pay even before your product starts bringing in a steady stream of revenue. Having an idea that is easy to fund is a must have for a successful business. This also involves convincing your investors that they stand to make money off of your idea. So here are a few, so they're given a link to a few questions you need to anticipate from potential investors. Like I said, the, the link to this article is in the description. You can go over to neoito.com and you can get those questions. It also says you can try to indulge in crowdfunding to determine if people are ready to pay for what you have to offer. And like we said, someone saying that they're willing to pay is not the same as them actually handing over money to pay for your product. And that is possible. A lot of products have been sold out before they've even been made. That's just all um, great business ideas are. So get a bit of financial commitment. And know that you have some financial commitment, or probably not. Is your business idea financially feasible? Henry Ford famously said, it's not the, empl it's not the employer who pays the wages. Employers only handle the money. It's a customer who pays the wages, and he was a very good businessman. Which brings us to the next identifier of a good business idea. Will people pay for it? You might be on the brink of changing the world, but you can't do it alone. Ideas are good, but you need money too. Check whether your business idea is financially feasible. Will you have the funds to back up your business model? Will your product be able to generate enough revenue to keep your business running smoothly? Does your cost-benefits analysis look promising? Do your financial projections indicate good news? When, you will, when will you be able to break even on your initial investments and start making profits? And we looked at a bit of these ideas before, including what break-even is. These are all important questions that you need to address before you can decide if your business idea is a great one or one that needs a little reconsideration. Number 11, your ideas are not easy to duplicate. Your business ideas should not be easy to replicate, or before you know it, <laughs> there will be a cheaper knockoff version of your product flooding the marketplace. <laughs> this happens so frequently, it's crazy, guys. Like, even in software, it's so terrible. Like, it, I don't, perhaps we'll have to do, a, and do an episode of how to avoid your product being your product or software or idea 
business idea being stolen and plagiarized with a cheap knockoff because this is so rampant in today's industry or in today's market specifically it says you cannot of course file for a patent but it's always better to keep an eye out for an idea that cannot be stolen easily i mean patent and copyrights and trademarks that's a good way to start in the end your ideas can be copied no matter how much you try to protect them from the paws of copycats consider the wildly popular food apps uber eats and doordash they're both working to make the same idea a reality easy accessibility of food to all but you'll notice that both food delivery apps have loyal patrons who enjoy the unique personalization offered by one or the other of these apps in a nutshell it's all about how you present your idea tailored to your audience number 12 your business ideas are well received at events even if you're a, even if you start small start somewhere just start please start you may have nothing but an idea or a prototype of your business product. This is enough to introduce your idea to the public and see how well they receive it. You could start by putting up a stall in exhibitions or participating in tech expos or any kind of expos or um, conventions that your potential customers could be at. A simple Google search will reveal the popular expos for startups near you. Get going. Get going. They play to your strengths. That's number 13. You'll most likely find a business idea within your own industry, which means you're, you already know what's up and you have some knowledge or expertise that can give you an advantage over someone else. You'll be well aware of the pain points of your end users and can tailor your idea to address those problems because you have experience with this. And number 14, it's easy to market your business ideas. The right sales and marketing team can boost your business to the top provided you have a product that is easy to market, that is. In order to connect to your audience across different social media platforms, you need a business idea that tells a story. Audiences connect with businesses when they're also privy to the triumphs and struggles that God set businesses to where they are. For example, a college graduate starting a tech company, despite the hurdles lying in his path, is a heartwarming story that will definitely capture the attention of users. And there's a link, so this might be new items, um, situation or story. Your business story can be about more than just showing whatever challenges you've overcome. We led right. It can be a powerful tool that inspires other entrepreneurs to follow their dreams. And that's true. There's a human side to business and entrepreneur that I like not to remove because it's really about helping people business. It's not about making money at the end of the day. Money is a consequence of it. But it's always about helping people. If you're helping people and you're doing it in such a way that is profitable, then you have a business. So let's keep that in mind going forward. The conclusion is that you should stop wondering if your business ideas are good and start making notes. It is important to write down your unique business ideas and when inspiration strikes or you might lose them in a commotion that is life. True, like I've heard of musicians just walking around with a pen and a paper because they're not sure when inspiration is going to hit. If your business ideas meet all the above criteria, then you really might have hit jackpot. I'd like to thank you for listening to episode 23 of Online Business Systems on Zellhands Podcast, brought to you by Zellhands Systems Limited, and our online business suite, where we believe in using the power of the internet, software, and technology to make it easier to start, run, and build a successful business. Go to onlinebusiness.zelhan.com and set up a consultation with our team to get started. Remember to share our episodes with your friends and family who you think would find this episode and others helpful. Hit the subscribe button on YouTube or where you listen to your podcasts to get notified when we bring more amazing content tailored for your online business success. Visit podcast.zelhan.com for a complete list of our podcast episodes. You can also visit watch.zelhan.com or our YouTube channel to watch our most recent content. Most importantly, earn up to $500 in commission for each client you refer to us by signing up to become an affiliate at affiliates.zelhan.com. You can find all the resources mentioned in this episode in the show notes or episode description if you're listening on YouTube. On the next episode of Online Business Systems, we will discuss different ways to price your product or service. This has been episode 23 of Online Business Systems brought to you by Zellhands Podcast. I've been your host, Jabez Roberts. Take care.
until next time. <laughs>